This is the Jake Asman Show on 98.7 ESPN. So that's it. Just two games left in the Jet season. A season that has been, quite frankly, in my lifetime, the most disappointing one I've ever experienced. And there's no other way around it. Even this win today feels it feels very hollow. If the Jets had dominated the way it looked like they were going to in the first half, right? They were up 20 to nothing. They were up 27 to 7 at halftime. I'd come on the air tonight, and I'd be saying, you know what? The season's been washed. It's been lost. It's been painful. But at least they went out there and they responded to their head coach after it felt like they quit on the coaching staff in Miami, and they got this win behind their young players. But then the second half happened, and it just reminds you on why we have such big issues with this coaching staff and the roster construction. And, you know, they needed to have, like, a last-second 54-yard field goal to beat the Washington Commanders, who have a lame-duck coach and have the 32nd-ranked defense in the league. So it's nice to win, but I can't sit here celebrating on Christmas Eve a, a Jet win. It just feels hollow. I think that's the frustrating aspect. And, you know, talking about this game with Joe Leo, one of our great producers at the station before the game, Joe made a great point that this was like a, a win similar to the week one win against the Bills where, yeah, the Jets won, but you lost Aaron Rodgers, so you didn't get to truly enjoy the win. And that's kind of how I feel today. This is a different feeling than that that night because that night I was, you know, in, in the moment thrilled that Xavier Gibson had the punt return in overtime. It was a great moment. Jets are 1-0. Hey, we have the team to survive. No, Aaron. We still could be a playoff team. You still had false hope then because that's what it was. Today is just like another win where it just feels hollow. doesn't feel like it should because of how poorly they played in the second half. And you could say, Jake, a win's a win, and I get it, but it just feels hollow. It does. So the Jets have six wins. The first one I didn't get to truly enjoy because Aaron Rodgers died on the field that night, and at least that's how it felt as a Jet fan. And then today I don't get to truly enjoy because they've been eliminated and the second half was so disgusting that I can't sit here and truly celebrate the win. So they've had, you know, four wins this year where it's felt good afterwards. It's tough. Being a Jet fan is tough because we've reached the point of the year where half the fan base was rooting for them to lose anyway. And I can't lie, when that kick was up by Zerline, I'm thinking to myself, if he hits it, great. If he misses it, is it the worst-case scenario? And I hate that. I hate being that guy. I want to win games. But a win like today just reminds you about all the issues you have with this team. It's a rough game, right? It was fun in the first half. But then you feel just as bad about the coaching staff as you did coming into the game. And this was a coaching staff that was granted immunity this morning by the owner. Woody says everyone's coming back. So it's tough. It's tough. It's it's a win nonetheless, but it's tough to sit here and celebrate it. I will celebrate how good Brees Hall is, how good Garrett Wilson is. Those guys are superstars. And the Jets cannot continue to waste them. You can't do it. All right? I I am disgusted that Garrett Wilson's played with seven quarterbacks in two years already. I am disgusted that they have failed to put an offensive line in front of Brees Hall so he could do what he could do. He could show you how special of a talent he is. You know, Garrett Wilson afterwards said Brees Hall is the best running back in the league. He might not be wrong if they could put an offensive line in front of him where they could get competent quarterback play around him so teams can't stack the box every play. Because all you need to know about the Jets' offensive situation, their quarterback situation, is every team they play plays them the same way. 
with the high safety look, stack the box, take away Brees, take away Garrett, you're going to win because they have nobody else. It's, a, it's, it's, it's frustrating. It is. They won. I'm not trying to be down in the dumps and poo-poo a win because it's hard to win in the NFL, and I'm thrilled. You know, I mentioned Garrett and Brees, but I'm happy for a Quincy Williams who had a huge pick today or Tony Adams who had a huge pick today. I'm thrilled that we saw this team go out there and win a game because I'm thrilled for the Jet fans who actually made the trip to watch this today. Because if you went to this game today, you're a diehard Jet fan. Because why else would you be going to this game on Christmas Eve to watch two teams that have been mathematically eliminated from playoff contention? You know, I and Sal is coming back, and I'm going to root for him. I'm going to root for Douglas. But this totally feels like a year from now, we're going to be bummed out thinking, man, they should have just got rid of Salah and brought in a real head coach, a real coaching staff to try and get the best out of Aaron Rodgers for next year. But it's too little too late. It is what it is. I think Salah's done some good things. And after the game, he's talking about how he has, you know, a lot to learn based off of this year. But I, I truly hope that this was the learning experience the Jets need. That this year, even without, you know, Rodgers, and sure he'll make it better next year, it exposed a lot of issues with this team. The offensive coaching is abysmal. Salah not having this team ready to go in key games has been a problem all year. I mean, what, today was just the second time I think the Jets have scored a touchdown in the first quarter? It's not just Aaron Rodgers and everything is fixed. And Woody's comments today to Brian Costello in the New York Post basically read like, yeah, we plug in Aaron Rodgers, we're a couple pieces away, and we're fine. That's not true. And if they truly do believe that, it's not going to matter who the quarterback is next year, even with Rodgers. More of your calls right now, 800-919-3776. Jake Asman with you for 50 more minutes till 9 o'clock. Let's go to Ron in Queens. What's going on, Ron? Hey, how you doing, Jake, man? Um, first of all, shout out to the lovely lady that picked up the phone and everybody that's working tonight. You know, Merry Christmas to everybody. You know, happy holidays and all of that. Um, I wanted to say, um, you know, it, it's not as easy as just having Rogers back next next season. You know, this season has proved to be so horrible that uh, even even on wins we don't feel good. But I just want them to win. You know, no matter what. Uh, we've been, I, 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 as Jets fans, you know, we've seen the Giants. I've been a, a, a football fan for 20, over 20 years, and I've seen the Giants win two Super Bowls. And the Jets, sometimes they seem to just have good coaches for three, four years, and then they fizzle off. And, you know, I just want them to win. I don't care about draft positions. I don't know, you know, how you successfully lose a football game because everybody's putting the body on the line. Uh, I, I just don't see a way where you can where you can, you know, get a win out of a loss. You know what I mean? And also it worries me that today's win, it should have been in the books a while, a, a while, and they still ended up having to resort to, a, you know, to a last-second kick from uh, Sterling to win the game. I just, you know, it, it, there is so many things that worry me about this team and the coaching. Uh, I wanted Sack gone last year, but after the Chiefs uh, win, it kind of pulled me in. I was like, man, you know, maybe there's something there. But the fact that we didn't add to the O-line, to the quarterbacks, uh, we just didn't help this, this team. And I feel like we punted on the season, like the moment uh, Rodgers went down. So, you know, I hope it changes next season. I hope to see new faces on the coaching stuff, on the offensive part. 
but it just it's so painful, man. This whole yeah. season, the way it's gone, such a such a legendary uh, defense. So many great players that we have on defense, and and you know uh, Gary Wilson, Bruce Hall, Bruce Hall. Um, man, it's it just it's just painful. But you know, regardless of of everything that's gone, I just want them to win. I just want I just want them to win, no matter what. To just keep on trying their best because. When they go out in the field, they have New York on their chest, and they represent everybody from New York, you know, and everybody that's that that feels for this team. And it's it's painful. It's painful because I I feel like with a, with a capable quarterback we could have done better. With a with a capable offensive line, we could have been better. You know, we could have done so much more. No I, question, Rod. So Rod. much more. Uh, so one, much more. One thousand percent. And thank you for making the call tonight. Merry Christmas, happy holidays to you, Ron. I, you you speak for a lot of Jet fans. You know, you used the words that felt like they gave up on the season. They did. That's my biggest issue with Joe Douglas, who's done more good than bad, I still believe. They didn't try to add another quarterback. They didn't. They didn't try to improve the offensive line at the trade deadline or replace Corey Davis. Corey Davis retires. Did they ever replace him? No. Aaron Rodgers gets hurt. Do they ever try to bring anyone else in? They turned down Carson Wentz. They said, ah, we're good. They didn't want to trade a six to get Josh Dobbs. And Josh Dobbs wouldn't solve everything. He's reverted back to being what he is. But he can come in and provide a spark, get you another win or two in some of these games they lost. And you know what? If the Jets had another win or two right now, they'd be mathematically alive going into these last two weeks with probably Rodgers pushing it not at 100% to come back and help this team. So it's just frustrating because they wasted this defense. But here's the thing with the win today that I should bring up as well, that that – That bothered me. All year, I've made the point, you know, if the Jets ever could play with a lead, this defense would be able to truly be unleashed. And we saw that in the Texans win a couple weeks back. They got the lead, and they dominated. Today, they had the lead. Brissett comes in, and they're like, ah, we're not really going to play. We're going to blow this lead. That's allowed Jacoby Brissett to score three straight touchdowns against us. Is that not coaching? Like, everyone in the second half was responsible for this collapse. And thankfully they won because Ron Rivera decided to play prevent defense. The Jets had one guy that Trevor Simeon could get the ball to consistently today. It was Brees Hall. So on the last drive of uh, of the game today, let's back everyone up and allows Trevor Simeon the dink and dunk to Brees Hall to get the Jets in the field goal range for Greg Zerlon, who's amazing, by the way, and should be in the Pro Bowl, as should Thomas Morstead. It's amazing. I think the Jets should actually have more Pro Bowl players on their team than wins this year. Seriously. Sauce needs to be in the Pro Bowl. Quinnen needs to be in the Pro Bowl. Quincy needs to be in the Pro Bowl. Michael Carter needs to be in the Pro Bowl. He's the best nickel shutdown corner in the league. Garrett and Brees should be in the Pro Bowl. They don't have the stats because the offense has been bad. It's a shame, man. I'm not sitting here saying that you know, the, the, the Jets could have been a Super Bowl team if they adequately addressed, you know, backup quarterback. But I think the frustrating aspect is they didn't even try. And then you have all the offensive line injuries on top. But you know what? That can't just be used as the only excuse because some of the guys you were depending on had injury pass and they got hurt. And the guys who were out there were picked by the GM. You signed Lincoln Tomlinson, and he's been bad. You signed Billy Turner as your swing tackle. You drafted Mekhi Becton. Frustrating. Quick break. We get right back to your calls. 
It's Jake Asman with you. You're listening to 98.7 ESPN New York. That's a very depressing thing I just heard come out of your mouth. Uh, doesn't going. matter. This is the Jake Asman Show on 98.7 ESPN. You can always tweet me at Jake Asman, J-A-K-E-A-S-M-A-N. And I should mention this. I'll be filling in for Rick DiPietro and Dave Rothenberg starting Tuesday with Maria Marino from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. all next week. So start your Christmas week with us beginning Tuesday. Should be a lot of fun. If you are up early, we will be taking you 6A to 10A over the next couple days. And Joe Leo, who's producing the show, will be on the board with Ray Santiago for that whole week. So I'm looking forward to that as well. A shout-out to the Rubin family in the car right now. Huge Jet fans. They texted in, worst, most hollow-feeling win I can remember. That's from Rachel Rubin. And I can't argue. If you're a Jet fan, you want to see the young players play well in a win. You had that today, yet this still kind of felt like a game that exposed why you have so many issues with the head coach, the general manager, and why when you hear the owner come out today and publicly give those guys support saying they're coming back, you just wonder, why do this now? You don't want to have the last three games of the season play out and then evaluate? Because what if the Jets lost today? I, I think I'd be killing Woody the whole night saying, how are you bringing everyone back when you just got blown out by the Dolphins 30 to nothing? Then you follow that up by blowing a 20 to nothing and 27-point lead, and let's be real, that came very close to happening today. Greg Zerline's kick is a couple inches to the left. We're having a totally different conversation right now. It's frustrating. More of your calls right now. A lot of people on hold. Going to get to as many as we can between now and nine. Tommy in New Hyde Park is up next. Tommy, you're on with Jake Asman. What do you got for us, Tommy? How you doing, Jake, my friend? How you doing? What's up, Tommy? You know, it's like the Jets win, but we we don't even care because we're, we're pissed off. Now, watching this game, the first half, the defense was, like, unbelievable. And I don't know what happened in the second half because cause they bring in Brissett in the fourth quarter, whatever. Now, the referees, all these phantom calls, there was flag after flag after flag. Let them play. These are two teams that are not going to the playoffs, and it's flag, 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 and mostly against the Jets. Now, the Jets... Our DraftKings, whatever, they get three, three minus three. And then it comes down, they come back and get the two touchdowns, and they lose by one point if you bet the Jets. You understand what I'm saying? Well, Tommy, thanks for the call. Don't bet the Jets. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I hope you're saying. The fact that the Jets were a favorite of this game today, I stayed away. I, I bet on a lot of football games, all right? I love betting. I need to bet. I, I love it, all right? I didn't touch this game. How could you in good conscience bet on the Jets today? I understand the commanders are terrible. All right? I get it. But you can't bet on the Jets. Did you watch what happened last week with the offensive line? And Trevor Simeon now going out there who can't move? You couldn't bet on the Jets today. I thought they would win, but I wasn't going to bet them. Could you imagine the roller coaster of emotions if you had the Jets' money line? Oh, my God. If you had the Jets' money line, you're probably not listening to our show right now because you probably passed out and had a heart attack, you know, about midway through the fourth quarter. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, Joe, you're, you're, you're a man who loves the bet. I've been told that uh, you might have some action on the TCU-Hawaii basketball game right now, but you weren't dumb enough to bet on the Jets today, were you? No, I wasn't. 
Uh, and that uh, that over that I had in the TCU Hawaii <laughs> game is officially under and a bust. So there goes five bucks. But no, I think if you're betting, if you think you should bet the Jets, Gambling Anonymous should just come to your door and take you away. Because there's n- why, why, why bet the Jets? The only thing you should bet on with the Jets is you take the you take the player props for Garrett and Brees because more times than not, that's going to hit. You bet the under, but if you bet the under, you didn't even win that today because somehow the Jets scored their most points in a half since, what, 2015, I think was the stat. Just crazy. 800-919-3776. More of your calls right now. Let's go to Dave in the car. Dave's up next. What's going on, Dave? Hey, what's up, guys? Um, I just want to run this by you and just, you know, this is my view on it, and I wanted to get your perspective as well. The sad part about the Jets situation is this. It appears that the general manager and the coach are not calling all the shots. And the sad part is next year, unless they make a concerted effort to solidify the line and to really retain players who still are buying into this, having a good run with Rodgers, they're going to lose out. Rodgers may not return. And then you have to think of the physical toll on those players and all those players you mentioned tonight who shine and should be all pros, a lot of those guys, their contracts are up. And all their agents are going to be like, are you really going to resign and go back into that mess? So, in effect, it means next year, not just the gutting of the entire coaching staff, but you're going to have to blow up a team that actually has a lot of young talent that a lot of other teams in the NFL love to get their hands on. And the answer to the Jets turning it around is not bringing in and investing in Devontae Adams. Let me know your thoughts. Happy holidays. Dave, happy holidays. So, here's my take with Devontae. I'm all for adding him, but what's the price? I'm not trading away a future first-round pick for Devontae Adams, who's 31 years old and might only be a Jet for a couple more years. I'm not doing it. Now, if you tell me I trade away a 2025, you know, second-round pick and the Jets could trade away, you know, uh, a fourth-round pick this year to get the deal done, fine. But, like, what's the price for Devontae? If it's a first, no way. They that, And their first this year, with under any circumstance – the Jets should not trade their own first-round pick. That pick needs to be used on an offensive lineman. Or if you're going to use that pick on a receiver, I could live with it if it was like Marvin Harrison Jr., but I don't think that's going to happen. You can't trade your first for Devontae. And you don't have a second this year to trade either. So it depends what the cost would be for Adams. I think the Jets' best path at that receiver spot is they sign Michael Pittman in free agency or they sign T. Higgins. Or they sign Mike Evans and use the draft picks on improving the offensive line. They should use their free agent money and their draft picks on the O-line. But trading assets for Devontae, I don't think it fits. I'll trade some picks. I'm not trading a future one. I'll, I'll trade them a two in 2025 as the headliner piece and maybe a pick this year. Or maybe it's a second that could become a one based on if the Jets win the Super Bowl. Then I'd be happy to give you you know, pick 32 in the draft next year. Vegas, but no way. And as far as your first point, Dave, look, the Jets have a two-year window right now with Rodgers. And if it doesn't work, there's going to be major changes. We all understand that. You know, they had the two-year window coming into the year. Year one was a wash because he got hurt in the fourth play of the year. They have next year with this current regime, and if it doesn't work, you're going to have a new coach and a new GM, and I don't care what Aaron Rodgers wants. At that point, there'll need to be changes. 
You can understand Woody not wanting to make the changes right now. I think we question a lot of the people in charge, but I think there's at least a path for Salah and this defense with Rodgers at quarterback to win if Douglas gets the right pieces in place. Where I have an issue is that the Jets are going to have one of the worst offenses in the history of modern football. And they're going to bring back the entire offensive coaching staff. Hackett included. Can't happen. you got to make changes there. Hackett could be the director of getting Aaron Rodgers his coffee. Hire a real offensive play caller. Because this year has exposed a lot of fundamental issues with the offensive staff. The defensive staff, I could point to player development, scheme, guys getting better. But it's just, it is not good enough what we have seen on that side of the ball, even with the injuries, even with the O-line combinations, and obviously Rodgers going down. When you see backups all around the league finding ways to win and just looking like a functional offense, and then for most of the year we've watched the Jets, how is coaching not responsible? More of your calls coming up, 800-919-3776. Let's get to Ryan in New Jersey before we take a quick break and get right back to the phones. Ryan, you're up next. What's going on, Ryan? Let's try Ryan right now. Ryan? Yes, sir. How we you got doing? you, Ryan. What's going on? Merry Christmas. First time, long time. Merry Christmas, Ryan. Appreciate you making the call. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm just calling about the Jets. I mean, even when we win, we lose. It's like Robert Salad cheering about this loss. Like, what, what are we doing here? And even if we got the high pick, it would be a bust. Joe Douglas came here talking about building a line, building a front for Zach Wilson, and he hasn't done that. Oh, he said building so it for Sam Darnold. That's how long Douglas has been here. His original comments were building the front for Darnold. We saw how that went. And five years later, the Jets still have the worst offensive line of football, you could argue. I know, and we gave that up to get Zach and, and build. haven't done that. Joe Douglas has been here, and we've been a losing team every single year. Yeah, Ryan, a 1,000%. And look, under any other circumstance, Douglas and Salah would be fired after this year. But because Rodgers got hurt on the fourth play of the year and Rodgers wants both of them back, the Jets are going to see it through. And we could question it. We could have our doubts. But we have to just hope that the Jets, with Aaron Rodgers healthy and this year being the wake-up call they needed to see on the improvements they do need on that side of the ball, even with Rodgers next year, that it's going to look better next year. I don't know if it's going to. As a Jet fan, I hope it's going to, but that's all we have. We have hope. We're putting our hope in a 40-year-old quarterback coming off major surgery. I mean, and that, that's their best option, though. Like, what's the Jets' option at quarterback if it's not Rodgers next year, right? That's part of the problem here. You could blow the whole thing up, but that's it. You don't even want to see the Rodgers thing through at this point? Like, I'm sorry, I can't. I need to, I need to know what would have happened with Rodgers. As a Jet fan, i got to see this guy play. All right, I was at the game week one. I saw him play four plays. I need to see it. All right? Is it maybe naive to think he's going to be great next year? Maybe. But I think if he's healthy, he's still going to be a damn good quarterback. People are like, well, other than Tom Brady's, no one, no one's ever been able to play at a high level in their 40s. Uh, Brett Favre at age 40 in Minnesota, look what he did. All right? And the modern athlete today is playing into their 40s. LeBron is 39, leading like the NBA in scoring this year. We're seeing this. And Rodgers, to his credit, takes great care of his body. He's in phenomenal shape. It's not like he's a married guy with a family. He's all about football. If you're going to bet on a guy, you bet on him. 
I just have major questions about the head coach, the offensive staff, and the GM's ability to put the team around Rodgers. That's the problem. More of your calls coming up. Quick break. We get right back to it. You're listening to Jake Asman right here. It's Christmas Eve, baby. 98.7 ESPN New York. This is the Jake Asman Show on 98.7 ESPN. Question about the song that's playing right now, Joe and Chantel. Is Let It Snow considered a Christmas song? Yes, of course it is. Is it? Yes. I was asking. Of course it is. What, are you playing that in July? Well, I, I guess you could just play it in winter, but on Christmas Eve, and we've been we've been sticking to you know the 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 Christmas music. I just was wanted I wanted some clarification. Is all I'm asking for. It's on the holiday music page. I'm playing it on Christmas Eve. There you go. All right. Well, you know who am I to question the holiday music page? You know, that's what they say. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six is the number to be a part of the conversation. Let's get right back to your jet calls. I'm with you for another twenty minutes or so, taking you till. Nine o'clock. Let's go to Neil in Garden City. Neil, you're up next. What's going on? Jake, how you doing? Neil, I'm uh, I'm doing okay. I feel weird as a Jet fan because they won, but I don't feel great about it, which is disappointing. Well, um, before I go get my Santa suit on and start to start to deliver presents, I wanted to pop by and make a call. I have just something for everybody to digest. Okay, when Sam Howell was playing in the first half. We had the famous Eric the Enemy calling plays for him, and as you could see, he wasn't able to do a single thing. Now, if you take Sam Howell and put him on our quarterback room, would you agree that he's the best quarterback in our room right now if we move him over today? Are we counting Zach Wilson or we're not because he's yes. concussed? Sam Howell is better than Zach Wilson. Yes. I would agree. I would agree. Now, let's take the second half. And Eric Bieniemy all of a sudden looks like the best offensive coordinator in the game because he has a competent quarterback under center with Jacoby Brissett. Now, Jacoby Brissett would definitely be the best quarterback in our room. However, we are going to have Aaron Rodgers as our quarterback next year, people. And when we get a couple of nice offensive linemen and we get a Mike Evans or we get, God forbid, something – major on on the wide receiver end we're going to get back quentin jefferson we definitely miss um al woods i mean our defensive line cannot cannot stop the run and we need some fatties back in there and al woods was a big miss this year because our our defense is getting pushed all over the field in the second half and cleveland's going to have a real night cleveland has a real good offensive line I'm real nervous about next week. But with that said, I want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year to you, Jake. And next year, we're going to be full guns and blazing, and it's going to be our year, and it's a blessing that this all happened so we can clean it up for next year. Take care. Neil, before you go, ah, he dropped. I wanted to find out more about Neil putting on the Santa suit. You know, like, it's Christmas Eve, like, you would think he would already have the suit on and he'd be you know, getting ready to deliver presents all throughout the world. It's already 8.41 Eastern time. I feel like, he, I feel like he's, he's running behind schedule if he doesn't even have the suit on yet. I mean, jeez. 800-919-3776. Look, if the Jet fan wants to be optimistic, just listen to Neil's last call. Because, yes, they will get Rodgers back. And, yes, it will make things look a lot better. I think what they cannot fall victim to, though, if you're the Jets – is this illusion that he makes everything better. Because he doesn't. 
as good as Rodgers is, and I still think he's very good, they will still have issues if they do not improve the receiver room, if they do not improve the offensive line. That's the that, that that's just a fact. You cannot go into next year with this many question marks on your O line, and without having a true bona fide one A receiver next to Garrett Wilson, high end number two. You know, Salah got a mulligan from Woody Johnson today. Joe Douglas got a mulligan from from Woody Johnson today. They're not getting that mulligan next year. So if they're delusional delusional enough to think that we just plug in. Rodgers, and it's all better. It's not. And this game was another reminder on the questions you have with the coaching. All I heard about, and I was victim to this because I said it because I believed it, if the Jets defense plays with a lead, the game's over. They had a 20 to nothing lead and a 27 to 7 lead, and they nearly blew the game. In fact, they did blow the game momentarily until Greg Zerline bailed them out from 54 yards away. Thanks to Ron Rivera not covering Brees Hall on every check down on the last drive. I mean, that was ridiculous. And I'll continue to say it. I am okay with bringing back Robert Sala and Joe Douglas if, and this is a big if, there's changes to the offensive staff. I mean, the Jets' offense is historically bad this year, folks. And one half where they scored 27 points doesn't change things. Or the Texans game doesn't change things. It shouldn't. Because it's been that bad. I mean, there's been four games this year they haven't scored an offensive touchdown. Four. Not one, not two, not four times this year in modern football the Jets have gone without scoring an offensive touchdown in a game. And if you really dial it back, even with the game today, the Jets have scored zero or one offensive touchdowns in 12 of their 15 games this season. That's not good enough. So if you're going to bring Hackett back, make him the director of getting Aaron Rodgers his coffee. I heard he likes half and half and two Splendas. And let's bring in a real innovative offensive mind. Well, you want to get crazy? Because apparently, you know, Aaron Rodgers loves Hackett so much because he, he knows how to run this West Coast offense that Rodgers loves. Bring in John Gruden or Jay Gruden. Those are offensive guys that could do the same thing. And replace the O-line coach, hire Mike Munchak, who's dying to get back into football, and make improvements to the coaching staff. Because when your offense is this bad, it cannot just be blamed on, well, Rodgers got hurt on play four, and we have injuries to the O-line. I just, I, I'm not going to subscribe to, well, you have this year where you're going to finish with six wins, let's say. You're a distant 32nd in offense ineptitude, and you bring everyone back? I just don't think that makes any sense. 800-919-3776. 800-919-ESPN is the number. Quick break, and we wrap up our show. So last chance to get your voice heard. If you want to call in, you also can tweet me at Jake Asman. I'll read the best tweets on the show as we continue here. One segment left. Jake Asman with you until 9 p.m. right here at ESPN 98.7 New York.